your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom, like that guy just said. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line if you want to get in here. Uh, city clerk, interim city clerks uh, for City of Lacrosse is Nikki Elson. She's going to be on here in a couple minutes as we get ready to vote in a mayoral primary in 14 days, 15 days, 14, two weeks and one day is what I wanted to say there. Uh, 10 candidates running for mayor. We have that debate tonight, that first of two debates in less than an hour. So right after this show, if you want to listen. And if you want to read about these candidates right before the d- debate, so you can kind of know where their their starting points are and then see what the, how their answers are. Or you can listen and then read if you want to do it that way. Uh, there's plenty of things. I, I believe a lot of news sites have, have uh, posted some stuff on each each candidate or sent them a questionnaire or whatever. But uh, wisdomnews.com, look for the lacrosse mayoral candidates tab or the mayor tab. Or just look for the mayor button. Just go go hit that. And then every candidate's got a, we sent them a little questionnaire and every candidate's uh, filled that out for us. And um, yeah, so that that's coming up 6 p.m. tonight, 6 p.m. tomorrow. Brad Williams in the Wisdom Newsroom and myself are on tomorrow. Scott Robert Shaw and Caitlin Riley will be the question askers, the question askers uh, tonight. And I'm looking for my list of candidates that will be on, but I don't have it in front of me. But you'll 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 see you'll see <laughs> you can find it. We also had a writing candidate. Uh, um. I guess announce over the weekend Casey Kale is going to run against Chris Woodard in District Nine, and we'll we'll talk to Nikki about what a city council member needs to do or a hopeful city council member needs to do to you know start a write-in campaign. Can you just say, "Hey, I'm gonna have a I'm gonna do a write-in campaign, vote for me, <laughs> and then hope for the best," or do you have is there some paperwork you need to fill out if you're gonna try to do that? So we'll talk to Nikki about that as well. And um, there, COVID nineteen still happening, and if you want to see, there's a I put an update on just today. We do update every day, but I want to just this one's a little bit confusing, and it's not a ton confusing, but it there were five deaths reported today, but only one of them has recently happened, and and. And one of them dates back to September. So the Lacrosse County Health Department in the state, I think, did some reconciliation, and uh, some of the deaths that happened to Lacrosse County residents, I believe, happen at other hospitals. Right? They happen outside the county, and then it's up to those hospitals to report either, I guess, probably to the state who these people are or where these people are from. More importantly, and then the state, I would say, either that hospital or the state or wherever they died, I don't know, you know, whatever entity is in charge of that would have to report back to Lacrosse County. So we we got an update today that four of the five deaths reported, and, and it's typically it's pretty much over the weekend uh, were from the past. You know, they weren't recently, but one of those deaths, and the one that happened to be back in September. Is was a, a woman in her 40s, and that ends up being the the youngest person to have died from the county uh, 
due to COVID-19. And so uh, when, and, and these are stats, so I'm sorry if anyone, you know, has been affected by this. Um, and it, you know, it's just very, I, 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 no emotion attached to this, but I understand a lot of people out there are, you know, a lot of emotion attached to this, but one person in their forties has died from the County. These are the, the ages and the 74 deaths in all. So one person, in their forties, one person, in their fifties, nine people in their sixties, 13 in their seventies and, and 50 in their eighties have died from the County. And, um, we had 11 deaths last month, which of, of the, when, when deaths really started happening the last four months being down to 11 is, is, good compared to the other three months it's not good really right but october at 18 deaths november at 16 deaths of lacrosse county residents december at 23 and january now we're at 11 so and then before that was just four in september one in august and one in july so if you want to get those updates wisdomnews.com they're up there every day and each each day i should say there's there's just a you know Added, I've added vaccinations to the list. So vaccinations today, if you want to know, 15,000 county residents have been vaccinated. 31 were on Sunday, the latest day. But 31, Sundays are typically just low in Wisconsin for numbers overall. Uh, so if you want to compare that, 30, 31 vaccinated Sunday, according to the state. And Thursday, the most ever, 1,182. So there's no baseline for this. I kind of I tried to ask the Lacrosse County Health Department during that COVID update last week. I think Friday. You know what's the baseline? What's a good number for getting the you know people vaccinated in Lacrosse? And they probably don't know either. There's no baseline. Is it a hundred? Is it a thousand? Is it you know somewhere in between? Is there no way to know that at this point? Are we going to hit a nice little? you know, hit some kind of plateau or maybe just get some kind of like decent average where it's always like 500 people a day are getting vaccinated. Or is it going to be like this heartbeat monitor where it goes way up and way down? I have no idea. Didn't really have an answer for me either, even though I asked them twice. It's just, um, it just gets awkward when you're in like a Zoom press conference. Other people, you know, probably want to ask questions too, but you're, you're not getting the answer you want. So you, you keep coming back. Uh, but you didn't answer the question. So do you not understand? Am I not asking right? So anyway, they probably don't know. I mean, we haven't had this thing in 100 years, and, and we're trying to figure it out as we go. And when everyone wants to uh, rip on how our state is doing with vaccinations versus other states, and I don't know, I think it's – I don't think you can pull, you can point the finger at anyone at this point in time because we just – we don't know. We don't even know where we are. So how would you – you know, if we want to put blame on Governor Evers or – on the state legislature, like they seem to, you know, the state legislatures like likes to point fingers at Evers for the vaccination rollout, but you know, like point fingers and compare it to what? So um, anyway, that's my spiel. All right, we're gonna take a break. We'll be back with Nikki Elson, City Clerk's Office. We're gonna talk about absentee voting, voting for mayor and lacrosse. Um, city council too. What uh, what a city council member would need to do as a write-in candidate and everything else. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. But on the phone with me now is Nikki Elson. She's the interim lacrosse city clerk. Nikki, how do you get rid of that title and just become the city clerk? How does that work? <laughs> the 
position's currently in recruitment, so if they select me, I guess I get to drop the interim. Do we just do, is that something where are we going to wait till the next mayor and the mayor would do that, or can we are we going to decide that sooner than that? Um, well, the appointed clerk will not take uh, the position until after April twentieth. I'm actually finishing out the last four months of the elected term. Um, so the appointed clerk will um, maybe hired in advance, but will not um, take the position until after April 20th. Oh, yeah. I forgot that it's a you, you, we vote on this thing, right? Like we, this is something we vote on? Used to. It's now appointed. Oh, okay. It is okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So um, do you even want the job? Are you going <laughs> to? <laughs> well, maybe I'll tell you after this interview. Right. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> Um, all right, so obviously we have a mayoral, 10 candidates running for mayor. I think this is the most candidates since, now is it 2013? I think we had 11 candidates uh, when mayor. 2013 was 11 mayoral candidates. Yeah, when Mayor Tim Cabot. Does that make your job a lot harder when there's so many candidates? Um, no, it really doesn't. I mean, it's more people to keep track of, but, I mean, it's really no different on our end. And we just did we have just did we have someone kind of bow out because we had eleven candidates at one point or did they do something incorrectly with the paperwork and then they weren't eligible? There is one candidate who filed the initial two documents but did not file the nomination papers, which were required for ballot status. All right, and then and then obviously we have, of course, we have city council that comes up in April, but we have seven seats of the thirteen council seats open, not open, but but you know up for grabs essentially. And one, we only have one incumbent running, so there's six of those seven seats will be somebody completely new. Um, how, how unique is that? Um, I had to go back to 2005 to find something comparable where we had eight seats open at the time with seven new, one incumbent. Um, so it's, it is pretty infrequent. It's typically maybe two, three, sometimes four uh, new people, but... Um, yeah, I did find a, a similar situation in 2005. Yeah, that is that's actually even even more unique than than what we we'll just add one to all the numbers. That's that's pretty interesting. Yeah, well, back in 2005, we also had 17 council members. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and now with the February primary, and I feel like this is a very important election. The February primary is almost as important as the. April election in the city of La Crosse, because obviously we're going to trim 10 candidates down to two. So we're really going to need to get to know these 10 candidates, which you could do tonight after the show at 6 p.m. But (laughs) but uh, but how can you just talk about voter turnout right now? And what is the city doing to is this does the city have a responsibility to do anything to try to just get the word out? Hey, we have a primary coming up in, in February. Yeah, we do what we can to get the word out, um, you know, through our website. Uh, we do have a lot of information there through uh, media interviews. Um, we we are mailing a lot of absentee ballots. Um, we are fielding several phone calls. Um, so what we we do what we can to you know get the word out that yes, we do have an important primary election coming up. It is pretty typical that the turnout is low. Um, just doing some uh, quick looks back at February primaries in the past, we're usually about 19%. Um, that's significantly low compared to, you know, our November 2020 that we just, you know, came off of that was 86%. So um, the trend does definitely uh, decrease for the spring elections, but 
it's very important that voters do get out. You are electing your local officials. Uh, these are your representatives that are making decisions about uh, local concerns, local issues. So it is very important that everybody get out and exercise their right to vote. Is that is that February primary 90% number a little skewed because, um, you know, the 2013 February primary would be way more important, I think, with uh, 10, 11 candidates for mayor versus, you know, a different primary, is it, right? Yep. The 2013% was 17, uh, just over uh, 17%. Oh, okay. So even worse <laughs> than the average. What's going on there? We need people to, to vote for these things. I feel like these right. are important. Uh, man. Uh, now with, uh, you mentioned absentee ballots, uh, absentee voting it begins tomorrow, right? We can come, we can come down to city hall and vote or how does that work? Can you just yep. explain it? We have been mailing absentee ballots for, um, about a week now. Um, and we will continue to mail. We can take requests up until, uh, Thursday, February 11th. Um, but starting tomorrow, people can come to city hall and vote an in-person absentee. Our hours are, are, are on our website, but it's um, Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays will be open from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, Friday, February 12th, we're going to be open the entire day, 9 to 5. Um, but it does start tomorrow, Tuesday. Um, so all of the remainder of this week, all of next week, um, will be open here. We do have a designated voter entrance that will be marked clearly. Um, it's not our main lobby doors. It's a side door to the east of the main lobby doors. But, again, we'll have uh, large signs um, directing voters to that entrance. You know, if you just had people go in by the, ba- the hatched baby doors, everyone would know where to go. Go find the hatched baby <laughs> and go in those doors. Uh, you could just move move the hatched baby over right? to that east side entrance. Um <laughs> Now, with with in person voting in in person absentee voting, right? Is that what we're calling this? That's what we're calling it. Do you correct. need some kind of reason to do that, or can anyone just come in and vote? No reason. Okay, anybody can come in and vote absentee, either in person or by mail. Okay, and then when would that when when does that end? Where I can't come into City Hall and vote absentee anymore? So that ends Friday, February twelfth. Okay. And that's the day we're going to have the full hour. We're going to have hours from 9 to 5 that day. All the other days are just uh, 10 to 2 um, on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. We don't have hours on Wednesdays uh, because we're sharing the space with municipal court, and that's court day. Um, so for the, the most part, it's 10 to 2, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., except for that Friday the 12th, uh, 9 to 5. And, again, most of this information that I'm giving you um, is all on the city's website. If a person just clicks into the voting tab, they can find all of this information as well. So anybody who wants to go back and look at it, it's a great place to visit. All right. And with uh, now the other thing that we had over the weekend was somebody announced that they're going to run a write-in candidate uh, candidacy for city council, I believe, in District 9. Do they have to – do people that want to do – can you just explain the, the process if somebody wants to – in my head, I'm like, I'm going to do a write-in can. Uh, I'm going to be a write-in candidate, so people vote for me. But th- is there some paperwork involved here? Um, a write-in candidate does need to register, um, and to do that, they have to file a campaign registration statement uh, with the filing officer. So, for mayor and council member, the filing officer would be the city clerk's office. Uh, that needs to be filed prior to collecting or spending any money on the campaign. 
Um, the absolute the, the deadline to register as a write-in is 12 o'clock the Friday before the election. So, I mean, you can register pretty late, right up before the election, but you should be filing that form um, before you uh, collect or spend any money. Okay. Uh, it will probably be smart to, to do that before that, that deadline, too, since you're mailing out absentee vote ballots. Um, and and you, you did mention that. Do we have numbers? Do we know how many people have requested absentee ballots and, and how many are going out? Yeah, as of this morning, we have mailed 2,990 absentee ballots. 2,990. Is that a lot, a little, or were you kind of right on pace there? Um, well, compared to November, it's down significantly. You're right. <laughs> um, for an election of this type, I'd say we're probably maybe on the high side. I didn't really go back and look at those numbers, but absentees in general have gone up over the years. Um so, I, you know, compared to maybe 2013, oh, definitely 2013 we're up, but even probably from February of last year, I would expect the numbers higher. And when do, uh, we mentioned 17% turnout for a primary, or 19%, you said. That's kind of the average, you think? Is that what you said? Um, yeah, looking at the past uh, few years that I went back and looked at the statistics, they did hover right around the 19%. Okay, and... What about April's election? Did you look that up, or do we, should we do that I later? I did. No, okay. They did increase a little bit. Um, last year was a little, you know, last year was presidential preference, so we were at 38% April of 2020. Um, the couple years before that, we were more mid-20s, 28%. Okay, it was 20 uh, Last mayor in 2017 uh, was 19% again. So, whoa, 2017, and that would have been just Cabot, right? He was the only one on the ballot. Right. Okay. He was unopposed in 2017. Yeah, so that would have been kind of a weird uh, a weird one. A lot of write-in votes for, like, Mickey Mouse that year or anything like that? <laughs> um, well, we typically do have those. Uh, write-in laws did change, though, back uh, earlier in, uh, I want to say it was about 2013, 2015, where in most circumstances we only have to count registered write-in votes. So a lot of the Mickey Mouse and, you know, fictional characters like that, they do not have to be tallied any longer. For the most part, there are some circumstances where you have to count unregistered, but in most circumstances it is just registered write-ins that you count now. I think the most you'll get this year is probably Baby Yoda, somebody like that. I, <laughs> um, uh, I did get a text here from Main Street Guy. He's wondering, when did the clerk become an appointed position? Um, when... The last, it would have been 2017 when the clerk was elected uh, to the current term. Shortly after that election, there was a change to our charter ordinance, making it an appointed position, effective April of 2021. Okay. Um, Anything I didn't ask you? Um, I guess I'd just like to um, be sure that anybody who has requested a mailed ballot Know that they are due um, back to the to the city clerk on or before election day. So if they're mailed back, it's important to mail them with enough time to get back to us through uh, the postal service. They can also be dropped off. We have a green drop box on the north side of city hall that is secured. Um, that can be used up until five o'clock on election day. 
Voters can also walk their ballots into the polling places. They just have to be there by 8 p.m. And then just make sure when you're sending a ballot back that it's signed and witnessed. And then I just always like to encourage people to visit the My Vote Wisconsin website. You can request absentee ballots. You can track absentee ballots. You can locate your polling place, and you can even view your sample ballots. So very um, informative website there. And with any with ten candidates uh, running for mayor, can the candidates screw this up where they would become ineligible somehow? Or are we good to go? Uh, we're good to go. <laughs> there's no, there's no. Whoops, uh, you're you're now ineligible. We're, we're no, nothing there. Okay, I'm just. Making... Um, I guess if they would move out of the, jur- you know, if they left their jurisdiction, yeah. Um, you know, to be mayor, to be mayor, you have to live within the city, uh, you got to meet the residency requirements living in the city. Likewise, with council members, they have to, you know, meet the residency requirement of being within the district. Um, if they moved out, I guess that would be an issue. But, sure. I mean, for the most part, we're good to go. All right. Paperwork-wise, we're good to go. Nikki Elson, she's the interim city clerk in La Crosse. Thanks a lot for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. We got to uh, take a break here. Scott's comments coming up. Brad doing the news. Uh, We'll be back after this. All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line if you want to get in here. You know, number three had called and talked about doing a write-in candidate for his district for city council, but he he said he uh, said he talks too much. He might get himself into trouble with some comments he had. Uh, debate coming up in 20 minutes. The first of two debates we have right at 6 o'clock. So what we should do tonight now is w- watch this debate or listen to it. It's going to be on the radio or you can listen on wisdomnews.com. So watch the debate. Listen to the debate. Take some notes. We've got five of the ten candidates tonight. So Catherine Blanchard, Jessica Olson, Mitch Reynolds, Chris Stolpa, and Greg Solarius are the candidates tonight. Take some notes. And then tomorrow, we can break down how that debate went, what we thought of that debate, right? You can hopefully uh, get some opinions and and see what, what people liked or didn't like. And then Tuesday's debate at 6 p.m. will feature Martin Gall, Zebulon Kemp, Joe Conrad, Vicky Markison, and Samuel Schneider. So and then Wednesday, we can, we can break down that debate. I will say, though, I'll have, I, I believe I'm going to have Catherine Blanchard on the show tomorrow so we could talk about how she felt she did in, in the debate and and just you know where she, where she stands with uh, running for lacrosse's mayor and i'm going to try hopefully to just to just get get a candidate most days i'm going to try to do that as we because we're only we have 15 days before the the primary so there's you know really no <laughs> we're kind of, it's kind of already down that last stretch right for for lacrosse's next mayor because this is this is it. We're going from ten to two. So, I, I don't. I don't know if I agree with the how how we get from ten to two. The way the way that it's done, and, and that your vote, most people's votes might just not count because if you vote for somebody that that doesn't hit that top tier, you know, let's, you know, if I was running, I'll just use my name, so I'm not sig- singling anyone out. But if if I voted. No, let's just say mainstream. Let's say say number three is running, right? If I voted for number three, and only he only got three percent of the vote, 
well, my vote disappears, right? I don't get a say in the top two candidates that go on to the April election. So it would be nice if we did some kind of, and I, I've said this many times, we did some kind of ranked choice voting where if number three doesn't hit that echelon or get 50% of the vote, then you you know your your vote then goes to your next person on the rankings until it hits somebody that hits that echelon or if you didn't put enough if you didn't rank enough candidates then it would eventually get thrown out but that's on you um so yeah it'd be be interesting if you know that whoever the next mayor is and whoever the next city council is this is this could be one of the things hey let's start talking about getting ranked choice voting on the ballot so that everybody's vote counts for somebody as long as you rank enough people and, uh, you know, eight seats, uh, seven seats open for city council. That, that would be, you know, that would be another place. I mean, there's only two candidates there anyway, but if there were more than two candidates, so it doesn't, it doesn't actually come into effect there, but it does right here with lacrosse, you know, 10 mayoral mayoral candidates. Um, and it might, you know, depending on who the mayor is, like after Cabot won in 13, nobody ran against him in 17. I don't think that'll ever happen again, but I guess that, that'll probably happen again at some point. But, um, you know, uh, just the idea that nobody ran against him. So these primary uh, elections just seem seem just as important because we're, you know, we're trying to whittle this down to two. And and then you got you got a cram actually to to figure out who your candidate is. I've never had to experience this because I grew up in Greenville and and then moved to Point and I didn't pay attention to politics because it was sports, 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 sports. And then moved to Winona and honestly, like sports, still was a sports journalist, never paid attention to any of that. And now it's like, oh, this is really interesting. This is and when Nikki Elson, who I appreciate her coming on, you know, staying in after work, right, to come on this show. Uh, the city clerk, the interim city clerk for the city of La Crosse. Now, when she comes on and says the average turnout for these February primaries is 19%. And in 2013, when there were 11 candidates for mayor, the turnout for that primary was 17%. So it wasn't even average. It was below average. That seems ludicrous. Like, how how are we that bad at getting people to turn out for, to vote? It just it doesn't make any sense. Um, people just, I don't know if it's, it's weird, right? Like it's not, there's no president on there. And and this is the, the argument we've talked about mul- multiple times on the show is the idea that this primary election and then the April election are going to be vastly more important to, uh, the people in the city of La Crosse and it's really the surrounding area too, right? Like how much, uh, does the mayor have, have to do with the, the surrounding area and like trying to. You know, we're trying to consolidate fire departments. We're talking about uh, water quality on French Island and, you know, some of the houses there, not in the city of La Crosse, but I think Campbell, right, is it Campbell is is being affected by something that the city had done uh, with the PFAS foam or whatever you want to call that that chemical. So, I don't know, it just seems, it seems like 17% seems ridiculously low, but in general, I mean, the when she says the presidential election, I think she said was 38%. Uh, that's also seems pretty, no, I think she said 86%. I could be getting, I could, I could be mixing those numbers up. I took a little bit of notes, but um, they're scattered notes and I tried to type quietly, but I'm sure you could hear it in the background. Libertarian guys calling in. Libertarian guy, go ahead. Hey there, Rick. Hey. 
We so often don't disagree that I have, or we we don't often agree, and so um, when it happens, I have to call in and <laughs> say something. I, I like the idea of ranked choice voting. You and I have talked about this before, and for any type of change like that to happen, it really needs to be happening in the local community because it's just too hard to change like national or state politics. Yeah, we have to trickle um, up, right? Ten, trickle up. There, uh, we're talking over each other. Sorry. No, go ahead. There are ten candidates, and we're going to narrow it down to two, and that means um, some really, really good candidates are just going to be knocked right out of the running from the very beginning. And if we had a system of ranked ranked choice voting, then we would be able to hear from candidates more and kind of narrow it down more slowly instead of wiping good candidates right off the slate right off the bat. Yeah, and the, the ranked choice voting, I think there's still a avenue here where it would it would go from ten to two still, but at least your vote, you know, you could rank who you wanted to. So at least you, if you wanted, you know, Catherine Blanchard, and then your number two was Chris Stolpa, uh, at least your vote would then go to somebody that you know. Eventually, your vote would go to somebody that's in that final two, as long as you ranked enough people. But um, yeah, because I don't, I don't see uh, the ranked choice voting, and then the idea that we have more than two candidates. And if there was like a, a playoff, right? Are you thinking more of a playoff? Should we have it like that, a little bit where there's ten candidates, and then we get down to four candidates, and then we get down to two yeah. candidates, have more? Yeah, that that would make sense too. I um, a lot more work and and probably a little bit more costly. Just the idea of, ha- of running another election, essentially, right? Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I think it'd still be a good way to find out what what people stand for. Um, you know, like this this debate that's going to happen tonight. If somebody doesn't ask the right questions and doesn't get to you know important matters, then these candidates are going to going to be wiped out. You know, in terms of ha- having any kind of opportunity to um, to become mayor or to to join the city council. And so, if you had multiple kinds of things where whether it was brought about through multiple debates or the ranked choice voting that you advocate, I think we would learn a lot more about the candidates and we would be able to make a more informed and better choice. Now, are you going to take notes tonight? Are you going to listen to this thing on your way home? I am. I am. I'm working and I can I can sit here and listen and uh, and I will. I'll, I'll jot down some things. Right. All right. Yeah, I haven't listened to this one. I was part of the one tomorrow, so I haven't listened to this one yet. So it'll be exciting to hear those candidates. Um, all right. Thanks, Libertarian. For guy. sure. Sure thing. Right. Um, yeah, the uh, it's just uh, we we probably. I, I mean, I'm beating this thing to death, the ranked choice voting. But I guess you know, unless you listen every day, I think libertarian guy listens quite often. But uh, so he's heard this argument before. But um, it would be it would be something that that you know we it, it could be even something that the city council starts to discuss now, right? Even though the half of the council is going to be gone, the other half of the council is still going to be there. So there's really not. Not it's not completely off the wall to start talking about this now, and then libertarian guy brings up the good point. It'd be hard. We got to start this, you know, locally and then uh, move it up, right? We start rank choice voting, uh, you know, city council, mayoral level, county board, even especially county board, I think, and then go from there to maybe our our senate and assembly, and then from there to the governor, right? And then that way more people can can run, and your voice their their voices can be heard through through voting. Uh, your vote through your vote without it being thrown out. Number three is calling in. Go ahead, number three. Hey, you and I, we agree on things at certain times too, don't we? Yeah, I think everybody agrees on something at some point, and everybody's going to disagree at something at another point, right? 
that's about the way it goes. Anyway, I got a question for you. Are you going to have on your podcast the meeting tonight from six till seven? Have on my um, so the it's going to play right on the radio if that's if that's where you if you want to listen to it there. But yeah, I will upload it to um, the Lacrosse Talk PM podcast too. So just so well, like a guy could listen to it at a later date. Yeah, definitely. I, I it'll be it, it'll be it'll be online so people can literally watch it at any point. But you're right. I, uh, I have thought about this. I, I, if for anyone that subscribes to the Lacrosse Talk PM podcast or goes to the, you know, I have it on my, I have an app on my phone that downloads it. So, um, yeah, it will be the best thing to do is to just put it everywhere so everyone can listen because everyone needs to. Uh, the more ears we get on these ten candidates, the better informed we'll be that, when we vote. You you hit the nail right on the head with the hammer. Yeah. Now it's now it's just up to us to ask them the right questions, and sometimes I wonder if we're we're doing that well, uh, you know, throughout well, the. That's what I was wondering about this new deal now, where they want fifteen million dollars for that farmers market downtown. I was talking about, you know. Yeah, and when you say they, I think it's the people trying to put on the farmers market, right? Is it the city that wants fifteen million, or well, the, the people? city wants to, to go ahead with it? Yeah, from what I gather, I mean they were looking at Kmart and other places, and. Yeah, even we're looking at the post office. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we if we're going to have an open market, I think is what we call it, uh, year-round yeah. open market. It's got to be indoors, obviously, because of where we live. Uh, so we need some kind of infrastructure. I, I feel like yeah. uh, we could just do that in the lacrosse center. We just add another room to it. Add another room right over the river. Yeah. Right. Why not? <laughs> right over the. Water on some pontoons. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, but I mean, this is all costing money and. I just kind of wonder where it's all coming from. You know, the way the city's buying up property for fire stations, they're at about eight pieces now that they're taking off the tax rolls, plus we pay $150,000 for each lot and then tend to knock it down, and South Avenue is going to lose about 12 pieces of property with the new highway going through. That's all our tax revenue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why you're not doing a write-in candidacy for uh, your district there, city council. Yeah, well, You're, like I said, they, 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 my mouth would shoot off too much, and they wouldn't want. We'd Im, we'd impeach you. Huh? We'd impeach you. Yeah, that's about it, right? <laughs> yeah, impeach right. Norwegian. Yeah. All right. Thanks for the call. Okay. Just a white guy, old white guy. Yeah. Right. All right. I got to I got to take another quick break. We'll be back. All right. Welcome back to the Cross Talk PMS. A couple minutes, maybe a minute. I don't know. I didn't look at the clock. I should have looked at the clock. How long I got? One, two. Yeah, just a minute here. Uh, thanks to Nikki Elson for for joining me and and talking about everything voting debates coming up here. The first of five. The first of five. That would be nice. The first of two mayoral debates here on Wisdom. If you just want to stay tuned, listen. Just keep listening. We're going to go right into the debates. No commercials, nothing. We're just going to go right to the debates after. Well, I've got a couple of commercials, but right at the top of the hour, it's just going to start. So uh, just stay tuned for that. Catherine Blanchard, Jessica Olson, Mitch Reynolds, Chris Stolpa, and Greg Solarius uh, out in this debate tonight. All right, that's all the time we got. Stay tuned. Coming up, debates.